I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong, where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Well, hello, family. So, you know, we've been doing a lot of special things this month, and a part of that has been a Where Are They Now? So last week, you heard from a group that was really awesome, and this week, you are going to hear from someone who has continued to just really inspire me and encourage me, and somebody who help me be patient with flavor guide when I didn't get my seasonings. <laughs> um, so I have Dr. Kamisha Childs back with us all the way from Texas. She said it's been hot out there. Hot, like a hundred degrees? Yes. Days and days of hundreds. Days and I don't know how you do it. And you are natural hair too. So how do you, how do you make that work with natural hair out in, in Texas? Trial and error. And I had to <laughs> learn to adjust because I was in Houston. And now I'm in Dallas, and it's two totally different climates. You're mm. dry up here like the desert, and Houston is wet like a jungle. <laughs> so That's funny. So which one do you have a purpose for, Dallas or Houston? Which one you like? Because I like Houston. I'm actually a fan more of Houston than I am Dallas. I love Dallas. Um, I lived in Houston for 15 years. I got a lot of things done, met a lot of great people, but... I prefer Dallas over Houston. I'm sorry for all my Houston. I have a whole bunch of students that live in Houston and we always have this debate, but I just love Dallas. For me, it's a little bit slower, but it still has all the amenities that Houston and any of the other cities would have. So Mm. as I told you, you know, I'm originally from Kansas. So it's like I always tell people, Dallas is a blend of my hometown and Houston mixed together. Oh, that works. That works. That mm-hmm. works. And so it feels comfortable, but it's still a little bit more. Oh, yeah. A lot more. <laughs> I can dig that. So, look, thank you for coming back. I was excited to be able to just reach out again to folks and just say, hey, I'd love for you to come back, especially somebody whose show was a great show. And then just thinking about, you know, how you've evolved, because I've been watching you since we last talked, just take off. I'm like, man, she getting better and better. Like, not that I expect anything less, but it's just been beautiful to see you progress and to know the story then and and to know what things are for you now. But I'm not going to be the one to tell all those things. So in the spirit of how we did it before, tell us about yourself now. (laughs) So you want to hear now. Okay. Yeah. Well, the last time I talked with you, I was in an interim position. So basically that meant that they just needed me right quick in a hurry and that they weren't necessarily going to keep me there long term. Well, about three months after I talked to you last, I was offered a tenure track position. So I'm a tenure track faculty now at Texas A&M University Commerce, which is a small school in the Texas A&M system. There's 11 schools. We're just one of the 11. And it's a small school outside the Dallas-Fort Worth area. However, we have three other different campuses, Mm -hmm. locations, and satellite campuses is what they call it. And I work at the Czech, what they call the Czech campus. 
and the population of students varies. We have a rural population, we have urban population, and we have suburban. So the oh, wow. schools that we work with, I mean, it's it's just a variety. But the last time I spoke with you, I was just kind of on the fence. I was kind of waiting in the wings, had my hopes up, but I didn't want to get too excited. But I, I was in my first semester at the university then when I talked to you. And at the end, I had to go through the process of applying again, and I was offered a position. Mm, um, wow. A tenure track position. So that was a big deal. That's what I had been working for for seven years mm. for that position. Having um, its completion, ain't it? Mm-hmm. It sure is. So I had been working for seven years for that position. So I did a whole, there's a whole video out there explaining kind of the process and kind of what I went through. Every other, whether it be a two-year college, four-year college, I was at a two-year college in HBCU and I was always in the temporary role. It would be visiting or adjunct. So I was trying to get over being just, you know, the temporary person and Mm. was a little nervous because, you know, I had gone through a similar path at other universities and wasn't sure what was going to happen. So when I was talking with you, I might have sounded confident at times, but I was really struggling with mm. whether or not, you know, what was going to happen, you know, at that point. So, yeah, um, you disguise it well, because I would have never been convinced that you weren't like just on it, you know, like you didn't feel good. Like, yeah, Dr. Child's here. You know it. That's I mean, that's so, but that's that's the beauty, too. And I'm just going to go there to me of being a black woman. I mean, yeah, you know, the gift and the curse of being able to say fake it till you make it. Granted, it's not always good, but you didn't give me that. But that confidence is what I'm sure other people saw in you that enabled you to keep going further. So kudos to you, though. It didn't break you. Now that I'm there, they have me busy. And there are days when I have to stop myself and say, look, you prayed for this. You know, these are the opportunities you have been wanting all these years. So stop complaining. (laughs) (laughs) I've gotten opportunities from, of course, I've worked with students out in the field, which now we're not out in the field, but we might get to that in a minute as far as the online space and and digital learning now. But my work with students out in the field, I also teach all of the reading pedagogy courses, and they actually made me a lead for one of our major courses that we have. So I was kind of like, me? Why did y'all pick me to do this? Because I was new. And it's like, why am I being a lead? Why are you guys putting me out there like that? And so a little birdie just told me that obviously they were confident in your ability and they wanted somebody fresh and new. Mm -hmm. They wanted some new ideas. So I said, okay, well, I guess I'll run with it. But again, it's been a, a journey trying to navigate academia and there's there's a lot that people, you know, unless you're there and in it, that they don't understand. It's not a walk in the park and there's a lot of politics, but I've been blessed, you know, with several opportunities. One thing that I might say is the biggest thing I've been working on has nothing to do with teaching the last couple of weeks. An opportunity that I had years ago, well, two years ago, a couple of years ago. Because I had the background knowledge in that, it actually allowed me to step up and and shine within the university and within my department. So, for example, we're completely online now, and I had worked for a program that was completely online prior to the university that I was at, but it was for a different position. It was what people would consider, I'll just say it, a lower position. It was a teaching assistant position. And all the knowledge that I gained there prepared me for this time. So like with the pandemic and everything, 
it was still stressful, but it wasn't as stressful for me, I think, because I was already used to working in the online space. So there's been so many little things that I look back now and I'm like, it took me all this time to get this position, but there were so many opportunities and skills and things that came along the way that prepared me for this moment. Oh, I love that you were able to see that, that you were Mm -hmm. able to be able to internalize that nothing was in vain and that everything is building and adding to who you are and what you become. Um, That's that's a word. That's a word Mm -hmm. right there, Doc. That's a word. Because I know a lot of times when we think nothing is happening right away, we tend to not feel as hopeful sometimes or as encouraged in what we're doing. But I think it's what hindsight 2020 that... Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, it all makes sense. I really love that. Curious enough from you too, just at this moment, what have been some of the biggest life lessons though that you've gotten since the last time you were here? Well, that kind of leads into what I was mentioning before, but our struggles, our Mm. struggles are lessons for us. Mm. And so the biggest thing that I've been trying to share with people, I get people that DM me quite a bit and they say, I want to be a professor. Or like, how do you how do you do to get start teaching in higher ed? And sometimes it worries me because I think they think that it's an easy thing or it's a way out and that we're just up there not doing anything. And so I have to let them know, you got to make sure you're ready. You know, if this is what you want to do, you know, try to test it first. Start out like I did, part-time, you know, do a little part-time, do one course. You know, you might find it's not what you want to commit to. So I hate sometimes that I, I send the message that everything is easy or looks easy because there's a lot of personal struggles in the background, as I've mentioned a couple to you already. So for me, I always questioned at one point why I was not getting opportunities. Why was I not getting those tenure track opportunities? Mm-hmm. And I found finally, I, I know now that not only was it not my time to have that position, it wasn't for me, but I wasn't prepared for what came with it. No matter how much I thought I was at the time, I wasn't. I think just being able to sit still and think about things now, some of the things that are coming at me, had I been fresh out of finishing my doctorate, I wouldn't have been ready for some of the things that I'm facing now in in the space that I'm working in. No matter how much you think you're ready, you might not be ready. (laughs) How did you come to the realization that you weren't ready? What was that like for you to not only recognize that, but to accept that? Because that's a hard truth. Well, it didn't happen until after this pandemic came. And (laughs) just being able to say, you know, Obviously, you know, I don't I don't really know how it just hit me one day that obviously this is a lot. I've had to grow a lot. There's a lot of things that I've grown through. And I just noticed, just recognized that, you know, I obviously was not ready, even though I thought I was and was really out there pursuing all these different opportunities. I didn't have all the pieces that I needed because I just mentioned one thing to you, but there's been several different pieces that have Things that I learned in that six, seven year journey that just it just became crystal clear. So, like, for example, we're also implementing a new testing system here in Texas for our teachers. And five years ago, there was a program that I worked for through a well-known company that does testing. I won't mention their name, but um, everybody knows who they are. And I worked for them. And now Texas has implemented these new standards for teachers, for new teachers going out to the field. 
Nobody had heard of this. I went and worked a summer job right after I left the classroom and I worked for this company. Now this particular company is basically running the show for this new assessment here in Texas. And I'm the only one, I was the only one, now everyone's getting training, but I was the only one in the entire faculty in the department I work with that had knowledge of that particular test because I was a scorer for that particular test five years ago. Wow. And so, and so that just showed me that obviously there were different little bits and pieces of things that I needed to pick up along the way to prepare me for right now. So, mm-hmm. What I'm really loving about everything you're saying is this idea of maybe you're not ready. And, mm-hmm. you know, you are when you get there. Like you recognize it. And so, again, just a lesson to be patient through what you're going through. Because it's obviously preparing you for what you're destined for. Because now with how you're moving and shaking and creating and the reach you have, the students that you're able to touch, how you're able to change things, even from like an administrative perspective and what insights you have to offer. We don't always think, oh, that would have been meaningful two years ago. Like, oh, okay, Like, no, it's it's for now. And because that's crazy. They're looking at you now, like something I did five years ago. Y'all looking at me? Because I'm the only one. (laughs) How special does it make you? But at the same time, it gives you that. Ah, I appreciate it now. So again, I really, really do love that. Uh, Tell me a little bit about what you're doing to grow these days, personally and professionally. Any books you're reading, conferences you're going to, virtual. (laughs) You know, a lot of them these days. (laughs) Uh, But but what are some things that are, are helping you to continue to be the best Dr. K. Childs. Speaking of which, I met the other Dr. K. Childs. So thank you for that. Yes, he's awesome too. Very awesome. This is so crazy, but I loved it. Like, it was wow. What are the chances? (laughs) And I don't know. I I don't know how we stumbled. I think we stumbled upon each other on Twitter or something. And he asked, do I have relatives in Florida? But that's a whole other story. (laughs) But um, yeah, he's he's great. And it's so funny because he's total opposite of the area that I'm in. So um, he's a math STEM person. So we're not related. I always have to tell people that because some people ask, are you related? But we, we claim to be cousins. Another <laughs> <laughs> wrong with that. Nothing we're play cousins. I'll say that. We're play, play cousins. Um, but as far as personal goals, um, I will just say that my main thing that I've been doing is just trying to be consistent. Consistent with everything that I'm doing. Of course, it's a lot easier to do that if it's related to academics because that's something I'm comfortable with. But the biggest thing I really want to focus on, and my husband as well, we are both focusing on, is our health. Hmm. I, I wrote down as a note, health is well. You know, we both and myself, we've accomplished a lot. And so many people accomplish so much professionally. But the hardest thing for people to do is get their health together. Hmm. That's the biggest struggle, you know. You would think with all the accolades and accomplishments, that would be simple, but it's been the biggest struggle. So got to tackle my health goals, working on sleep, which I struggled with that during the pandemic when everything first went down. But over time, I got better with that. But once school started again, things have kind of, you know, it's been tough. And then just the biggest thing that we did, too, is I started taking walks during the pandemic. I had been consistently working out and going to the gym before everything happened. And then after this pandemic, it just turned our world you know, upside down as far as being consistent in our schedule that we finally had worked on. Hmm. So um, but that's personally, professionally, just keeping networking. Um, 
trying to continue to network on social media. Um, I actually had several amazing conferences that I was supposed to be presenting at this year. However, as you know, everything is due to COVID. (laughs) Uh, We're going to be going to an online format or we'll be postponing. Um, So I'm kind of disappointed. I was supposed to be presenting for, um, which I still get information and they are going to have a virtual conference for, it's called the Black PhD Network. Um, Hmm. That's that's coming in, I think, October. And then, of course, we have two major literacy conferences that are coming up that I may be participating in. I was actually supposed to be presenting at one in Denver, but of course that was canceled and went to a virtual, a shortened virtual format. So, but I've been just trying to still try to build my brand on social media and keeping up. The biggest thing I've been consistent with over the last two, almost going on three years, is my Two Cent Tuesday tips that I post every Tuesday. Yes, I see those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I see that. Yeah, you're doing great with that. So I've been on that. And then I, the new thing that I've been working on, I think I've done about six weeks worth of my Write Wise Wednesday. And that's kind of a writing community that I'm starting and using Instagram as a platform. Using that just for teachers just to kind of model things that they could be doing in their classroom, showing how they could have an online writing community. And I only do it, we only spend about 10 or 15 minutes max. And it's really quick and short and to the point. So that's something I've been working on. And then still trying to learn my surroundings in academia. Just the other thing that I did is I pushed through, I wrote one article during the pandemic. Actually, I wrote one entirely, co-wrote two, and then I did a book chapter that I wrote that'll be published early Mm. next year. So I did a lot of writing and trying to finish out the semester. So it was a really stressful March and April when we shifted and went from in-person courses to, to online. And I don't know if we're still where we need to be, but as far as I wish I had time to read professional things and things to, to keep me going, but I just, as far as time, I don't have enough time to necessarily read as much as I'd like to. I hate saying that as a reading and literacy professor. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, <laughs> no judgment, no it's, judgment at all. It's but, all academic but it's stuff. What you do. It's all my work right, for my yeah. students, so in preparing for them. So nothing that, that anybody would be, you know, that interested in, but it's all just prep basically yeah so like that's understandable it's kind of like when I was in what you would understand when I was in grad school I wasn't as positioned in a space to be able to really do fun reading because everything was trying to get this degree so mm-hmm. like no judgment though I, I get it no, I totally get it but it's interesting to hear that again I said at the beginning you've been out here moving you mm-hmm. just just you are the one person I look at and I'm like, when did she stop? <laughs> when did she ever just take a break? And I know that, you know, you've expressed to me, it's just your nature to just, you know, handle it and make it happen. But I love like the passion that you have for what you're doing to be able to show up in multiple spaces. And congratulations to you for all the publications as well, because I know how difficult that can be. And then we talk about adding COVID on top of that. It's even more difficult because of all the stress management, the the balance, the what we're going to do with administration and going back to school and staying home and teaching. It's craziness. Mm-hmm. So for you to still be able to be productive and successful in that, like I'm really, really excited to hear that and hope that that inspires somebody else too, that you get to choose how you navigate through this space right now. And you're choosing to just still be excellent in the best ways you know how to be 
given the circumstances. So I can dig that. One thing that I want to note is that I said I did one article myself and I co-wrote two. So I'm learning that I need to work and collaborate with people. Hmm. I about killed myself doing that book chapter <laughs> by myself. <laughs> I said, never again. I will definitely collaborate with somebody in the future. So I learned some things over the pandemic as well. Is And we were able to collaborate. I wrote two articles with two different groups of people. Mm. And we did it all virtually. You know, we never set foot in the same space. So. Yeah, this virtual thing is definitely taking it up a notch because there are some things that I've been able to do myself that I'm like, every other day, I didn't get this done. I, this wasn't even an option. And now it's, people are far more, the barriers broken and how we connect with people, even socially and virtually to where I feel like we're now less apt to having that, but you were a stranger, I don't know you. Versus now I finding more people to be receptive to saying, well, I'm willing to meet and let's get on Zoom. Let's get on something and have a conversation. So thank you for bringing it up, you know, as a way to be mindful, but also as a way that you're learning to take care of yourself. And again, that's don't do it all by yourself. Although we know you can, because you're a beast out here, <laughs> for sure. So, you know, but even um, just considering all things, so what's next for you? Because again, you clearly moved up, you know, you moved on, you moved out. Like literally, you are in a different city now. <laughs> you made like, it's like, we moved up, on and out, you know, but I mean, it's, but it's progress and you've made, had to make some really hard decisions and do some things, but you're still on your path to success. You're still changing lives, you know, so, so very much. So now, you know, at this point, what do you think is next for you? Okay, well, one thing that I haven't tackled, I've been doing the publication realm and working on that. That's a big part of what is required for our scholarly work. But I, you know, I was doing that before this job, mm-hmm. it came along. So the thing that I wanted to get into that I haven't gotten into just a little bit, I've dabbled into is grants. I'm working in my department. I was asked to work on a grant we already have obtained, and it's with U.S. Prep, is to help make our department better. And when I say better, meaning just overall, again, more consistent, more collaborative. So that's one thing that I'm doing. And so a big goal that I had in the last couple of years is just to start working on the grant process and learning more about that. So I'm working with that. Um, I was selected to do that as well. And then I also am working on a grant with a group of other individuals that I work with. It's related to literacy access and diverse literature. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've got some deadlines coming up. That'll be being put out there. I think it's due November 1st, something like that. So two grants that I'm a part of. I also was elected the chair I'm right now the um, chair-elect, but chair for the Texas Association for Literacy Education. Mm. It's a a state chapter of the International Literacy Association. That's one of the huge literacy associations here well, worldwide, but it's um, so that's um, a big deal. I'll be moving into the chair position right now. I'm chair-elect. I'll move into chair next year, 2021. And I have the great task of helping not only be chair and run the organization for the state, but I also will be planning a conference. And we're praying that it will be face-to-face by, it's 2022. It'll be here in the Dallas area for our state conference. So I have that honor. And then the last thing I've still, now this is something that's just been, you've heard about it last time and it's still been in the works and it's one of those things I'm not going to let go, but I'm working on a children's book 
I actually had two, but this one that I'm really focused on and it's called, I've already got a title. I've tweaked the title, I think, since I last talked to you, but it's called I Am More Than My Name, A Tale of Unique Names. So it's been a long time coming. I'm I've just still struggled with if I want to self-publish or go under and get an agent and all that stuff. And then, um, so that's been my struggle with that, as well as finding an illustrator. I'm going to be very picky because there's some books out there and some things out there that (laughs) should be out there. So I will be very picky about that. So that's kind of been what's been the holdup. But that story is near and dear to me, having a unique name like Kamisha. (laughs) Um, I've had people tell me your name is spelled wrong. Oh, that can't be right. Oh, um, all kinds of things. So that's a, a story that's near and dear to me that I want to put out there. You know, I understand, right? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, so, but I, know, I may need your help with it. I may need, I, I may be reaching out to some people I know with unique names, hey, just for a I'm- portion of it. Um, look, I'm here to help because I I get it. And it's I get the same thing. Some people don't even try to say it. They just look at it. But I know you get that. So uh, <laughs> that like I've been at doctor's appointments or anywhere else, especially in school growing up, when they would do the role, they would literally stop and just look. And I would just say, just say it because I knew it was me. Um, so kind of like funny, hilarious at the same time. But, you know, it's even more interesting, your timing, because, again, maybe you're not ready, right? This Mm -hmm. idea that we're now in a society where LinkedIn has even done the whole name annunciation thing. So Mm -hmm. people are like, yeah, now I'm going by my name. So even there's this culture movement that also people are owning their names. So I love Mm -hmm. to hear that that's, you know, on the forefront for you and even seeing it within the the context of what we're experiencing as a society and how we're navigating. So that's really cool. All right. So I know we're look at that. Look at the time where I get sad, but at Mm -hmm. the same time, I'm like, I can't have you here all day. So the one thought now, look, with all the growth and changing and, you know, development that you've been able to do. And this is what I love about it is still as a mature person, as a woman, right, as somebody who is, as some people look at you, an adult, we still get to evolve and change. And that's what's beautiful. And that you show us that through how you live. So what is the, the thought or piece of advice that you would leave us with now? First of all, I want to congratulate you for your two years. Oh, and, thank you. <laughs> Yay. And, and I know that you do a lot of work. And of course, the point of this is to showcase first generation college graduates. But I want people to know that that's not something that should be a secret. Hmm. All the people that you have um, that are on these shows, I hope that they're out sharing, you know, their their journeys or their struggles. Like I said, I'm proud to be a first-generation college student. I say I'm a first-generation college student, turned teacher, turned professor. Mm. And I don't I don't share that to brag. I don't I don't share my credentials to brag. I share that to inspire. And like I said, I try not to leave out the struggles because I don't want people to think the road is always easy. Yes. But I think sharing the struggles will help people learn. And, uh, and when I say that it's not easy, it is not easy. I lost, not even mention this, but I lost two people that I love between December and May of this year um, mm. and had to keep going, you know, just like, you know, with my, and, and of course, the, as you say, the career is just blossoming. But, you know, I lost my mother-in-law in December and then my uncle in May mm. to MS. And so both were the closest people that I've ever had, you know, to lose. So I, I try not to leave out those struggles because I, as someone who teaches teachers, 
I shared with them things like that happen and you know you can't get a substitute forever you have to keep going you know so we talk about you know being a community as teachers and I'd give them a lot of group work and try to build a community between them those are the things that help keep me going but just share those things with your students and share those with others and then all of our journeys are unique but Mm. part of our journeys are part of it is to learn to learn to work with and just to inspire no matter how small of a role we feel we have in this world you've got a role and somebody's watching Mm. so that's what I would share and my piece of advice would be to just don't be afraid to to share your struggles because you never know who you may inspire Mm. I'm so grateful for you I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. As I told you, you know, I love to, to talk and share. And I appreciate, you know, you using your platform to showcase myself and, and other wonderful people. Thank you. I do appreciate that. I really, really do. And it's, you know, again, just amazing to continue to see you blossom and again, to know where you are. Well, know where you were to see where you are now and then think about where you're headed. And I just love that you're the kind of woman that you put your mind to it, you make it happen. And it's been so beautiful to see you evolve, um, even like, you know, virtually, because those of you don't know, we still ain't met, but we still talk like we didn't met. <laughs> no, I think we try. I know we were going to try to back. I think when I came out to Texas in maybe February, it was because we were in the same space for a second. Mm-hmm. And then I was very turned around because, uh, but either way, you know, just, you know, we have conversations like every day. So again, like you talk about building those networks and those relationships, you've definitely been one um, that I said I've appreciated. And just keep going in the space, keep changing lives like you do. And thank you for your transparency and pushing us to be more transparent. Cause I think that there's there's power and vulnerability and mm-hmm. knowing when and where and how to be. And that's another conversation for another day. But um <laughs> on that note, you know, know that we're always here. We're cheering you on. We've got your back and thank you for the life lessons today. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs>